Welcome to the Conscious Lifestyle Living Podcast. I'm Michelle. And I'm Amanda. And this is the place where we explore the endless possibilities of our divinity through the experience of our humanity. Join us as we laugh, cry, and show our human side while we practice the embodiment of our divine potential. Hello, everyone. Hey, we are back. We are back. Okay, so today we are talking, we are continuing on with the series of the leaving your religion. Yeah, continuing on with this conversation. Yeah, so you guys have been able to hear from our parents, what it was like from them, moms and dads. Mm -hmm. Um, Both Michelle and I got to share a little bit of our own personal story Mm -hmm. um, and some of the things that we noticed kind of, you know, earlier on in the series. Yeah, and so today we kind of want to talk about, this was like something that um, I had noticed that was kind of, it was a way of thinking and a way of kind of going about life that definitely um, I didn't know was a thing until I <laughs> left the church. And you guys, I coined this that I had some like cult wiring going on. So I kind of want to say right up front, I am not calling any religion or I'm not calling the Mormon church a cult. This is more of a way of being that I realized I had adopted in a lot of areas of my life. So let me kind of break down just a little bit like what I'm talking with that. So I would deem cult wiring when you are literally looking outside yourself for a source to tell you what to do, how to be, how to make decisions. Mm-hmm. And you are trusting something more so than connecting to God or connecting to your own intuition that you are just looking for someone else to tell you what to do. Now, I had a lot of that, guys, in the church. So, and I'm not saying that everyone in any church or even in the LDS church does that or they're even saying to do that. I'm just saying that I did it. (laughs) So, I will call myself out totally and completely on that one. And this was the thing, you guys, like when I found, when I left um, the church, I was a 30-year-old that didn't know how to make a decision. I actually would concur with you on that one. And and I know we touched a little bit on that when mm-hmm. I think it might have been in the conversations with our mom, maybe. I don't remember. Yeah. Just but about how mm-hmm. like when when you're there and when you're participating, like I think it was your mom talked about how like a, a moral code, you know, there was like a moral code of conduct yeah. that we operated by. Well, and it was very much just like you do that, like you dress a certain way, you mm-hmm. only... You speak a certain way, speak a certain, way, certain you words you certain, don't use. Something, you only, you take some things into your body, other things that you do not. There is like a moral standard that you are raised by, that you follow. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of your decisions were kind of made for you. Yeah. Or could be. Like there was, a, there was definitely a guideline, I would say. Right. And so the thing that I found that was very, very, very interesting is that after... I left the church, I was thinking like, oh, cool. Like, well, one, I didn't really know how to make a decision. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So then it was the next thing I jumped into. You guys, I had the exact same mentality where I then went full board into something else. For me, it was like kind of personal development or spiritual, like finding a different way of spirituality. But then I kind of got a part of a different group and it was kind of like I almost like walked in. Cool. Who's the leader? Where's the Kool-Aid? I'll take two cups. Like (laughs) I joke about that now when... It didn't quite feel like when I was in it again, it was almost like, oh my gosh. Like, again, it was looking to someone else Uh who had all the answers, who was going to tell me what to do. And I also noticed, too, that I I did that. And then the other thought that would come along with it was that belief that, no, this is the right way. 
Yes, right. So, so those would probably be the two big things that I got to um, really work on within my own wiring. And when we say wiring, we're talking like neural pathways in the brain, brain. right? So, getting to take a look at some of those very, very deeply grooved neural pathways in my head Mm -hmm. of like, all right, who is it that's going to tell me how to get to heaven? (laughs) (laughs) Or tell me how I'm going to be okay? Mm -hmm. How does this work? How does this go down? And then also, oh my gosh. I love this. This is working for me. This is the one true way. Everyone needs to do it. Everybody's got to do it this way. And so we found ourselves like what was like a year, year and a half, mm-hmm. where it was like, oh guys, this is the way to do it. We dove in, hundred percent. Like Michelle said, we had a couple cups of Kool Aid. Yeah, you know, it was like it was definitely an experience. And then all of a sudden, when th- luckily this one broke down faster, I would it, say. I, yeah, it did. And it only know, took me a year and a half or so instead of. 30 years? 30 years? Yeah. Yeah. That's that's pretty that's good. That's a good learning curve. Yeah. But I would say one of the things that's really interesting to know is that like, like Amanda said, like with like the cult wiring, and you guys, again, like sometimes I almost don't even want to call I it know. that because it feels like I'm not, I'm not calling the Mormon church a cult. I am not calling any other religion a cult. This is literally just a way of being. And this is the thing. It's a way of looking at things because you guys, the Two things. You're looking for someone to tell you what to do, and you're also looking for the one true right way. Mm-hmm. Because I found, because I had that model in such a fundamental area of my life in religion, because I took that to other things. That yeah. means I had to find the one true diet. I had to find the one true career path that was going to make me most fulfilled. I had to find the one true, you know, person. Well, I still feel like you should find the right person to date but and marry. But there was a, I took that mentality into a lot more things than just religion mm-hmm. and so it was like and so I found that that really got in my way of being able to move forward and right. to be able to become like more autonomous to be able like people will talk about authenticity and follow your heart you guys I didn't even know what that was about I was like well what do you mean and even when I would tap into like okay well what should I be doing it was well what's the one true way right and when I took that to other areas like for for me it was like dieting because that used to be one of my really big issues it was like well if this isn't working then I got to find something else because this is not the right this is not the right one but you guys there's sometimes it's like well maybe there's things that you do where it's right for a period of time right Mm -hmm. and then it if you are so stuck on having the one true way, and when you find the one true way, it's the one true way for everybody, and it's always going to be the one true way, you can't move. It's like saying, though, you're going to stay in elementary school. Well, it's it's right right now, so I'm always going to be in elementary school. I'm never right. going to move because it's right. the one true way of going. Right. Well, and, and then also when you look at it that way, um, taking a look at it, applying like, or even just looking at how then that affects your relationships, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of what we talked about in some of the previous podcasts of this series is, you know, the relationships that it affects, right? So if you're standing in a place of like, oh my gosh, this is the one true way and, you know, looking outside of yourself for answers and then shoving that down other people's throats, right? Like it it doesn't tend to play out very well. And so I think some of the biggest learnings that I walked away with the second time after putting somebody else on a pedestal, Mm -hmm. right? Really, that's what it came down to. Well, and it's really like it was just you're, put, you're not trusting yourself enough to get your own answers. And right. It's like, no, someone else knows better than me, so tell me what to do. Right. And and so, um, you know, and and then there's also this part where it's like, I also don't necessarily want to make that wrong because even that was part of my journey, right? Like when I was in the church, it was like, hey, lean on your parents' testimony, 
mm-hmm. until you get a testimony of your like of your your own, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And then when I left, I kind of leaned on this other person who was teaching me like some of these. Well, and not just one person, but there were multiple people that were yeah. teaching me some of these different concepts and ways to look at things that actually felt super empowering to me. For sure. Right. Absolutely. And I also still played out that cycle of like, I put them up on a pedestal. You guys, anytime you put anybody up on a pedestal, all you have done is just set in motion the opportunity for them to like fall off the pedestal and you be disappointed when, and then you want to blame them for it when really you were the one that put them up on the pedestal in the first place. Well, why don't you explain it a little bit? Like, what does it mean when you put someone on a pedestal? Like, what does that look like and what are you doing? Okay, so it's, um, again, it's like taking your, one, putting responsibility on the other person, believing that they know better do better, Mm -hmm. like handing over, um, your, how do I put this? In some regards, it's like almost blindly following, Mm -hmm. right? Yep. Just, um, oh, well, if that person said it, you know, I had this one experience with this person and they said something and that felt true. So if they say anything else, then that's true too. Yeah. Right. So I know there's a term for that and it's totally slipped my mind, but, um, there's a, you know, psych, like a psychology term for that. like, so, so when you're doing that, mm-hmm. right? Um, and also, I would say that that aspect of um, getting, you might get your own premonition, your own feeling, but like you said, not trusting yourself enough. Mm-hmm. So you just do what the other person mm-hmm. is suggesting. Well, and I also think there's a little bit too, like... And I say person, but like group or whatever. Whatever it is. I think there's also something about that too, though. It's like, why would you want to put someone else on a pedestal? I think there's that part of like, at least for me, this was like something when I had to really think about it. I didn't, what if I was wrong? I don't want to take the responsibility. Mm. I was like, it's kind of like a little bit of a scapegoat. Scapegoat. Nope, someone else said, nope, it wasn't me, you know, which then comes down to bigger issues of like, do you, how do you feel about yourself? Right. Are you confident? Right. Are you okay? Because a lot of these things that we're looking at and trying to change, I think it comes down to the fact that we're trying to feel okay inside. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, okay, well, you know, well, this person's going to find the right things to tell me to be okay. And this person's going to, or this person will tell me. It's because there's something going on that you usually believed at some point that you're not okay. Mm-hmm. Either you're not enough and that there's something on the outside that's going to fix that. Right. And so depending on if you're taking it with like religion or if it's like, you know, whatever, whatever thing that you're doing, if it's like a new thing, a personal development or like, oh my gosh, like this diet's going to save me. Or if Mm -hmm. I date this person, it's going to save me. But looking to feel okay and putting that stuff on outside sources. Right. It's like, we're all so different. And we know that literally about down to physiology is like not everyone can take the same medication. Well, why? Because it's all different, right? Mm -hmm. But one medication could be absolutely awesome for one person and kill someone else. Right. And so it's like the same thing. It's like if you start to look at that with other things, it's like how and with yourself, how are you moving through in a way where you're finding out like, well, what's the user manual for yourself? Yes. What is it that I'm wanting to feel? What is it the thing I'm wanting to go for? And am I putting that responsibility on someone else and why? Mm-hmm. Because if you're looking to someone else to tell you what to do or how to do it, like at that moment, you're already disempowered. Right. But if you're going to be, I think that's one thing that they don't really tell you. It's like, when you want to start in and becoming empowered or self-empowered, guess what? Some of it's kind of scary. You're mm-hmm. going to make mistakes and you mm-hmm. get to learn to be okay with not really trying to control everything. Right. Because I think sometimes too, it's like, okay, well, I felt safe there. And a lot of times when people are living religion, it's kind of like a scary, unknown like, what does the world really look like? I've been told that if I do this, this is going to happen. Or if I don't believe this, or this is how God's going to be mad at me. And when you start to step outside of that, 
you're starting to take some of that self-responsibility and that self-accountability of like, okay, well, do I believe that? And mm-hmm. if I don't believe it, then that, what does that mean? Right. Because that's something too is like when it comes down to spirituality, it's such a big crux and it's such a big like foundational piece because it's like it's not just what's happening in this world. It's like what's going to happen to you when you die. And there's such mm-hmm. big things that go into it that when you start to change that, to think that that's not going to change other aspects of your life and if that thing didn't change the way that you viewed the world, viewed yourself, and even the way that you think about things, it's like, of course it's going to. Right. And start to pay attention. Where else are you taking some of that same way that you were in the, like, if it was, relig- you know, in the church, in religion, well, what were you doing in the church that didn't work? Mm-hmm. Well, for me, just listening to other people and not finding out for myself and, like, carving out my own path didn't work for me. But then when I left, I just found a new group to do that in. Right. So it's like, well, was it the church's fault or was it my fault? You know? And not, I don't want to say fault, but it's like, okay, there's a way of doing something. So there's a result that's happening in your life that you're discovering isn't ideal. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. So who's responsible for that result? It's always going to be you. And right. if you ever want to put it on someone else, like that is a very sad, miserable, like you, that's going to change it every right. moment. <laughs> and not to say that it wasn't a co-creation. Yeah. Right? I went and I co-created that experience with church. I co-created that experience with another group. Like I have even sometimes co-created that experience uh, within my romantic relationship, Mm -hmm. right? So it's like, okay, well, here is a pattern of three. Mm -hmm. Who's the common denominator? Yep. Right? So me. So when when we say like we're responsible for it, I don't want to say that we're necessarily the ones if like if there's abuse that's going on or if there's like oh, yeah. you're not responsible for that aspect. But what is it about you? What's going on in you that you keep being attracted to those types of situations? Or if, are you staying? Or right. are you, it's like, yeah, because like, let's definitely say like when it's like, yes, you get to take responsibility. You're not taking responsibility from other people. Like, no, if no, you're no. in an abusive situation, mm-hmm. you're being physically or verbally abused. We're not saying, like, oh, well, you're the one who caused it. Nope. No, we're just saying it's like, okay, for whatever reason, you're here, and what you choose to do in this situation, is you get to make a choice. Right. Right. And coming down to it, it's like you said, it's like, okay, like, am I, has this, how, am I being attracted to that? You know? Why was I attracted to a man that would treat me this way? Mm-hmm. You know? And you said, well, I didn't know. Awesome. But when you do know, now what? You right. know? And what does that get to look like? The same thing. It was like being in a religious organization, which like for a period of time felt like it worked. And then it felt, this does not feel good. It's kind of, I wouldn't want to say that's abusive, but it kind of did a little bit. Like I'm like, I'm thinking I'm not enough and it's shame or guilt mm-hmm. or whatever that is. Um, then it's up to me to choose cool and when I choose I also get to take responsibility for what that choice entails Mm -hmm. and like I think sometimes it's like you can leave a religion and think that it's going to be better on the outside and you're like wait no this feels even scarier and like to realize like are you going to be willing to push through to find where your peace looks like and are you going to be okay to push through and I'd also say like pushing through in a way is like what do you want to create at the end like, are you mm-hmm. wanting to make more connection within yourself, more connection with your family? I think that's a really important thing to know. And I didn't really think about that until I was probably like, a, I don't want to say like halfway, maybe a third way into my journey. But for a little while where I was creating a lot of chaos and I was like, wait, what do I really want here? Yeah. And then I got to make a different choice in every single moment. Like, mm-hmm. is it connection? I want to, I want to experience connection and love. Cool. Well, do we have to agree and believe the same things to do that? No. 
But I think when you have going into it with an ideal of what it is you're wanting to experience, it's going to help in every single moment to be able to know what, like, oh, okay, like, yes, I want to create connection here. I want to create love. And I think we've, we talked about that in past podcasts. But then to also know, it's like, okay, well, what are you working with? Are you working with some belief systems mm-hmm. that aren't going to serve now in this situation? Maybe it serves when you're in a group and it's like, okay, well, you just follow somebody. But now if you're stepping outside of a group, what I'd pay attention to, what are the belief systems and the ways that you used to do things that you might be carrying over into other situations. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like what for, are the themes? Like, what are the themes? And, like, for me, it's like I joke around and that's, like, cult wiring. Why? Because I was looking for someone else to tell me what to do. And once I found that way, it's going to be the one true way. Yeah. I was always looking for the one true way. Mm-hmm. And once I could boil it down to that, I could start seeing. I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, with my health, I'm doing the same thing. With my career, I'm doing the same thing. And in both those situations, that way of thinking and that way of being created the same type of chaos and the same type of this isn't working as it was in the church and so no it's like when you are leaving a religion there are going to be habits and ways of being that might not be the most present like it wasn't guys it wasn't present to me until I did it again I was like whoa I literally just recreated I just did the same this thing. again you know, and we call it cult wiring because like there's part of it just kind of like laughing it's like oh my gosh Michelle just went in and drank the Kool-Aid again but it was able to bring up to my mind the fact that like, hey, Michelle, this isn't working. Here's mm-hmm. a situation. Here's a behavior. It's not working. What do we want to do? What do we want to do instead? Yeah. How do we want it to look different? Right. How do you want to show up and have a different result? And then you start to build like a method of knowing like, oh, well, well, what if I'm doing something and it works for this period of time, but I'm going to pay attention when it gets to be something different. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to trust myself enough to know mm-hmm. that I'm going to listen. I'm going to make shifts when I need to. And the one true way might be the one true way for a little while. And then when it's time to shift, I'm going to shift it into something different. And I think the fa- the faster we can come to peace with that concept, mm-hmm. right? That there's a period where you want to know what? Like church really was good for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm actually really there's grateful I had that There's so much that I'm grateful for mm-hmm. that I received from being a like a fully in participating member of that. It brought both a light side and a shadow side with it. Mm-hmm. Same thing with that next group that I participated with. A lot of light side, a lot of shadow side. Should we like make sure that the group we participated is not a cult or anything? No. It was just a group no, of people. No, it was just a, commu- a community of people <laughs> yeah. that like Great had people. all been. Great people. Well, and we had all been on a very similar yeah. path, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you'll you'll find that you'll attract like at different parts of your journey you'll find different people that you end up crossing paths with that like oh you get to walk together for a while Mm -hmm. right so I got to walk together with some people a lot of that was my immediate family yep when I was in in Mormonism and then I got to walk with these other friends and these other people that felt like they might not have been biological family but they certainly felt like family to me Mm -hmm. and I walked with them for a while and here's one of the things too of I that I notice with myself of okay there's the one true way you know it's also handing over you know to somebody else how to make decisions or whatever and then the other thing is that this has to be for forever yeah right and I created a lot of suffering for myself when I believed that both of those places had to be for forever yeah there if you look at nature mm-hmm. there is literally nothing that is permanent it is constantly evolving, constantly um, 
you know, growth and then, um, you know, fruition and then leaves fall away and then sometimes destruction comes through and it gets wiped out and then the new growth comes in, mm-hmm. right? It is, we mimic that cycle. Yeah. And and so in, so in the shamanic um, space, they talk about the gift of impermanence, mm-hmm. meaning that nothing really does last for forever in in the form of like, I have to make sure that this is, you know, like the controlling aspect of yeah. it, right? And the sooner that we can become more comfortable with change, mm-hmm. the more peaceful our life is going to be. Mm-hmm. And recognizing that you want to know what, like I'm, I have wanted to judge myself harshly looking back and being like, why did I, why did I do that? Or, you know, why did I participate? Why was I Mormon? Or why did I participate in with this group of other people that I journeyed with for a while? Like Mm -hmm. you sometimes want to look back and judge yourself, Mm -hmm. but really that was literally the best place for you to be at that moment in time. How do I know that? Because that's where you freaking were. That's where I freaking was. And you better believe that I grew. And it also, as it started to fall away, became my launching pad for the next thing Mm -hmm. that I got to step into or learn, whether that's breaking a cycle or whether that's claiming a new gift Mm -hmm. of my awesomeness, Yep. right? So I think there's a level of be gentle with yourself. Be gentle with other people. Mm -hmm. And, and, And I think that's probably been some of like the best learnings is that there is no one right way and everybody's at different parts of their journey mm-hmm. and things are constantly evolving and changing. Yep. And, and so, so different. give yourself permission to evolve and change and also give other people the same grace and the same permission to also yeah. evolve and change. Yeah. Because that's the thing is, like, it is totally changing. And like exactly like Amanda said, it was like nature's changing all the time. It's like if you look at a tree... It's like sometimes it's not even that like your relationships have to go away, but they're going to change and look different. Mm -hmm. And to be able to give space for the time when they get to change and evolve and look different, you know, and with whatever that is like looking at, there's going to be times and spaces with your body that it's going to change and look different and like giving grace with that, you know, your career can look different. Like being with your kids and how you're raising them, it looks different at different periods of time, Mm -hmm. but so much in your life is happening where it gets to change and be different. That like if you're constantly thinking, well, there's one right way and it's always going to look like this. It's like nothing is like that. Mm-mm. And it's always changing. So if you can be able to give like the grace and the flexibility within your own mind and your own heart to say, like, oh, okay, well, this is changing. And what is it that I get to learn? What is it that gets to be differently? Like with the, the, the ways of thinking of everything has like there's one right way. And someone else had to tell me, it's like, well, that worked for a period of time. Like, mm-hmm. as a kid. That was the right way. It was. For it that was period totally of time. Right yeah. I was like, you know what? Like, my parents are teaching me, so I got to listen to what they said. But if I keep trying to do that as a 30-year-old, yeah, that doesn't work so well. Mm-mm. Or an organization. It's like, at some point, I have to learn to be able to grow up and to be the, that adult for myself. And so when you can see that and to be able to give the flexibility into realizing it's like, hey, a right way looks different mm-hmm. at every single moment. And I, I can be able to be in touch and aware to be able to, to listen to it, to move with it. I notice that that gives me a lot of freedom. 
It gives space within myself to be able to learn and grow and to give that space, to give that space to let myself to be able to evolve. Yeah. Because if we're, if nature's always changing, that means we're always changing. Mm -hmm. We're always evolving. Mm -hmm. And so to give ourselves the space to be able to say like, well, what does that look like? What exactly do I need and when do I need it? Yeah. And stop, and not making it have to only be one way and that rigidity of trying to find, like, well, what is it? Mm -hmm. And I know, like, even type saying it, you're like, well, I don't know if I think that. And maybe you don't. I'm not saying everybody who is in religion has that way of thinking. (laughs) Right. But when we talk to enough people to be like, yeah, that's interesting. I do try to find, like, a one right way. And then I do try to, like, who's the next person who's going to tell me what to do? And if you don't have this, like, let me tell you, that's awesome. Like, that is amazing. Yes. But if you do find yourself there, like, oh, my gosh, yeah, maybe I am trying to find someone else to tell me what to do Mm -hmm. well what I would say like take a minute a minute minute (laughs) a minute and maybe reflect why what is it why why do you feel like that you can't find an answer for yourself why do you think that God can't talk to you directly or you can't listen to your intuition or whatever it is that you believe in source to be able to find the direction that's going to work best with you Mm -hmm. well I'll, I'll tell you Whatever pops up is going to be interesting. Maybe you're afraid of making mistakes. Well, ask why. You guys, ask the quality of your questions will literally dictate the quality of your life. And then when you get an answer, I would also say don't take it personal. Instead, be super curious of like, oh, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Right? And what do you mean don't take it personal? Meaning like, oh, um, okay, maybe. So you're asking the question, why is it that I can't? Why is it that I'm I'm looking for other people to give me answers? Mm -hmm. Right? Why am I afraid to connect to God? Um, directly, yeah. right? And then maybe the answer pops in of like, oh, well, you're afraid of taking full responsibility. Mm-hmm. Oh, then that that means yeah. that I'm not a responsible person <laughs> and oh my gosh, I'm yes. so bad, right? Like you're taking on these I am statements of of that are not the actual truth of who you are. Yes, like whatever, what, yeah, whatever it is that comes, you guys, Again, Don't beat we, yourself up with it, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, and we've talked about this in like previous podcasts. You guys, the worthiness of your soul and who you are can never change. There's nothing you can do to change that worthiness and there's nothing you can do to add to it. So when something's coming and saying like, oh, like if you feel like, oh, it's like take more self-responsibility. It's not because you suck as a person and you should have done better. It's right. like literally it's like, oh, thank you for the feedback. Mm-hmm. Thank you for letting me know, oh, it's something that wasn't working. It's exactly like you guys, if you have your car, it's like going and all of a sudden a sign, like a check engine light comes on. Like, I mean, I guess you can say like my car just sucks or it's just like, oh, well, what do you do? You go, you get it fixed and then you come back and you keep driving your car. It's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. When you're getting feedback and you're saying like, oh, well, take more self-responsibility or, you know, listen, like whatever it is, like whatever the inspiration is that you're getting, or it's like, I'm afraid of failing. It has nothing to do with you as a person, as like the worthiness of who you are and the value of your soul. It's just saying like, hey, maybe you've been screwing the doorknob, all, the, screwing the knob in the wrong direction. Let's mm-hmm. just go this direction. Yeah. That's all it is. Whatever it is that you ever get, if it's um, criticism or a critique Like, I know that if someone tells me something, I'm always like, oh, that's interesting. Huh, I wonder if I'm doing that. Yeah. And if I am, awesome. And if I'm not, then I'm like, okay, cool. Like, there's nothing to change here. Thumbs up. Thumbs up. But, like, wouldn't you want to know? You'd want to know if there's something that you're doing that's not working. Yeah. And that's exactly when you're asking yourself questions to figure these things out. It's so much harder if you take it personally and you start beating yourself up with it. Because why would your mind want to give you information that you're literally going to then beat yourself up with mm-hmm. it or and, and to make life worse it's like well let's not tell her stuff because she freaks out right 
And I think with that, so it's, I I am just going to ask a question, Mm -hmm. right? So would you like to move through this phase in a fast, friendly, and easy way? Mm -hmm. Or do you want to take the long route that feels arduous and hard and slow? Mm -hmm. Whichever one you choose, one is not right, one is not wrong, right? It's simply a choice. If you choose to take the one that feels, that you can move through it more swiftly, friendly, and a little bit easier, Mm -hmm. the biggest key that I would say to that is not taking stuff personally and beating yourself up. Take it as a, oh, thanks for the learning. Cool. I can do something with that. Mm -hmm. Right? If you want to take the road that feels really, really hard, (laughs) takes forever, and is super arduous, Mm -hmm. go ahead and take it on as this new identity that you're not enough or you're not good enough or you did it wrong or you're just beating yourself up. Like, Mm both paths are available to us Mm -hmm. and you want to know there's a billion other paths too those are just the two that i'm half half, like i happen to be talking about right now Mm -hmm. but when you go in and ask the questions be kind to yourself because we're all just here learning yep we're all here learning we're all here growing Mm -hmm. and so being really really gentle and really really kind Mm -hmm. um because it is this is like a i remember it being a really painful yeah experience and part of that is because i was bumping up about what it it wasn't about a belief system that came from an organization or a group of people Mm -hmm. the belief system that i was bumping up against was all of the beliefs that i had about myself yep which i think is really like a really important thing to say is like most of the time that's really what you're looking at Mm -hmm. you're looking at it's like okay well who is it who am i in this or if you're wanting to take it, it's like, well, this made me feel this way, but it really comes back down to yourself. Yeah. So if it always comes back down to yourself, it's like you can spend as much time as you want saying it has to do with the organization or being angry at it, but when it really comes down to it, it's really coming down to you. Yeah. Is it, did I not have boundaries when I was in it? Did I feel like I was taken advantage of? Mm-hmm. And not saying that's like, it's that so much, but there's a lot of situations that can make us think that way. Mm-hmm. And so if it always comes back, back down to you, why not just go there in the first place? Mm-hmm. Why not go straight there and make, okay, cool. What is it inside of me? Like, what is it that's being asked to like, shift, to shift? What to is grow. being called for me to like step into new shoes or to let go of things that are no longer working? Because when you come to your coming, bringing it back down to yourself, you'll start to find these things out. Mm-hmm. This is why we like... Being able to ask the right questions like, oh my gosh, wow, I have the same type of thinking in multiple places in my life right. that's producing the same result that I had in my religious setting. Cool. It's shifted everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're starting to ask yourself these things, you'll be able to have your own roadmap that will easily and gently walk you right out of a place that feels maybe heavy, hard, or painful, and it could walk you to a place where you can start experiencing those things that your heart wants most, like if it's mm-hmm. freedom, if it's love, it's connection, and making sure that you are literally taking like, your GPS to know this is the direction that I'm wanting to go, and so no matter what it is that you're starting to encounter, you're always like, okay, cool, like, if it's like, I feel like I'm failing, or if I feel like this, like, awesome, well, what does it get to look like if I get to feel free? What gets to shift in order to feel connected? What do I get to shift in order to feel love? And when you take that, so it's not so much like an actual thing, well, it has to look like this, but you're looking for like feeling states. All of a sudden the whole world can open up to you Mm -hmm. and you'll start to learn more about yourself that you can then take that learning and apply it to other areas of your life. So with that, hopefully that was like helpful 
And maybe you might be thinking like, maybe I do get to ask a few other mm-hmm. questions. Yeah. And know that like what we said in this podcast literally can be used in other things. Like mm-hmm. if it's a relationship, cool. What is it about me that I'm like, keep calling in the same type of Ben? Or what is it that is is happening? Like what, what is it that I'm doing or I'm thinking that's calling in the same situation that I've experienced multiple times? Mm-hmm. Like you can take that same type of thinking, the same type of questioning into different areas of your life that can be able to clear things up and open up the way for you to easily walk yourself towards what you want the most. So definitely ask good questions. If don't take things personally, mm-hmm. whatever the criticism is, like that's a gift someone's giving you to be able to unlock and to let something go. And it's also sometimes people can give you criticism or tell you something and it could be like, oh, and that's their stuff. But you'll get to the point where you'll be able to find it either way. And know too that if you're in the middle of the painful process of leaving religion, that it's really beautiful on the other side. Yeah. And I wouldn't trade it for the world, even though it was the most painful thing. And being able to slowly walk it through that know that what you're cleaning up and you're rearranging in your religious spiritual life, it will spill over to other areas of your life too. Mm-hmm. And it will make those other areas more amazing and magnificent. Whatever whatever the path is. And even if you're just still in the church, that's okay too. Like we're not saying it has anything to do with the church. This is, this is your own spiritual journey. And that journey can happen in so many different ways. And that's yeah. kind of the cool thing. Yeah. So go off. Hopefully you have an amazing day and we'll see you guys next time.